Welcome to the very first episode of my new podcast, Ish, Chronicles of an Outcast. I am your outcast host, Lauren, and uh, today I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the journey to creating this podcast, uh, what my background um, in converting from Christianity to Judaism um, has led me to this moment, and what I hope that this podcast can accomplish for others who may be experiencing some of the same things that I'm experiencing. Um, Like I said, my name is Lauren. I was born and raised in Oklahoma and grew up in a Baptist family. I um, did a stint in Methodism during my teenage years, which is where I um, went to summer camp and and enjoyed all those things that a lot of Christian teenagers do. Um, And the reason I switched from Baptist over to Methodist was I, I kind of had a fundamental difference with uh, the theology that Baptists issue, which is once saved, always saved. And for those who are unaware, um, in Christianity, your salvation means that you are saved from eternal hellfire. I'm using a lot of air quotes for those of you that can't see the video. Um, So once saved, always saved was always a problem for me because I uh, remember speaking with like my youth pastors or um, our senior pastors, and I'd be like, hey, so if somebody is saved, they've said the sinner's prayer, and um, they go out and they commit this heinous atrocity, are they still saved? And the answer was always yes. And I just never understood that mindset. Like, I mean, there had to have been some threshold of thing that you could have done that would have maybe cut you off from salvation. But according to Baptist theology, no, once you were saved, you were always saved. And to my knowledge, there was no caveat for that. Um, probably a measure of repentance somewhere in there, but to my knowledge, nothing that was firmly um, involved in, in cutting you off from salvation. Um, in Methodism, I found the tenet of being able to fall away from your salvation or fall away from your relationship with Jesus as your Savior um, more appealing because to me that helped me reconcile, okay, if I am saved, um, because I said the sinner's prayer and gave my heart to Jesus again, a lot of air quotes here. So check out the video version on YouTube. If you want to have the full experience, um, if I, if I'm saved and I decide to go out and murder somebody, um, that would be the falling away aspect. And then you would need to repent and recommit your life. And so that really struck a chord with me, even as a teenager, a 15 or 16 year old teenager. Um, I stayed pretty involved in the Methodist church as a teenager up into my early twenties. Um, during my first marriage, we were members of a local Methodist church and, uh, that's where we, uh, took our, our oldest son, my first child, um, And so he was involved in the nursery program there. And uh, I kind of stayed in the Methodist church until I was probably 22 or 23. And at that point, we uh, started looking at some non-denominational evangelical churches, which are now extremely popular. Back then, they were there, but they weren't everywhere like they are now. And this was probably in 2004, 2003, 2004 area. Um, and I found myself enjoying the services more. It's kind of a, a marketing thing, in my opinion. They really market towards the younger crowd. They have contemporary music. It's not the old hymns, which I enjoyed the hymns, but it was nice to have something that I could relate to as a as a um, young um, wife and mom. And uh, I liked the music. I liked the messages that were that were being um, 
taught from the pulpit and really felt like um, the non-denominational was kind of where I wanted to land. Fun fact, though, most non-denominational churches are still a member of a denominational body. And in my case, I didn't fall too far from the Baptist tree because the churches that I was attending were still affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention. So it's kind of funny. It's not really funny, <laughs> but that's the way it is. Um, so I stayed evangelical, non-denominational um, until I was probably 32 or 33. And then I started having, I, I stayed uh, non-denominational until I was about 32 or 33, at which point I started kind of questioning um, some of the things that I was seeing. Uh, there was a time that I was reading about um, the Sabbath and noticed that we were observing the Sabbath by observing, I mean, going to church on the Sabbath on Sundays, which is also known as the Lord's Day. And by observing the Sabbath, I mean, by going to church on Sunday, because it was the Lord's Day and it was our day of rest, but we didn't actually rest. We rested in the Lord. Um, I'm using a ton of air quotes here for you uh, because it's all just kind of funny to me now. Um, I questioned that because in the Bible itself, it said that it was the seventh day of the week, which was Saturday, which is the seventh day of the week. Um, and so I was like, why, why is this, you know, a thing, you know, long story short, basically the Catholic church ended up changing it at some point. Feel free to look into it. I'm not going to use this podcast to kind of dive deep into what made me change my mind. Um, but maybe in the future, I'll cover some topical stuff, but that's not the goal of the podcast is to bring us together. So um, started questioning some things, saw that, you know, God had declared in Leviticus some of the animals unclean for consumption, and yet we were eating pork bacon, and we were eating pork chops, and we were eating shrimp and oysters and all kinds of stuff, and I was like, you know, why, why when this was written, was it okay, or was it not okay, but now today it's okay, and I never really got any straight answers. I got lots of uh, things that felt very ethereal and intangible. Um, you know, Google failed me <laughs> quite miserably. It was a lot of, you're just supposed to have faith and that's just symbolic and you don't need to do that. And a lot of that's for the Jews and you know, all, all the justifications. And I, those explanations just didn't sit right with me. So Ultimately, um, that journey, and my husband and I kind of discussed those things. I'd show him this, and I'm like, why does it say that we can't eat these things? Literally says we cannot eat these things, and then we're going out and eating them like it's okay. And Christian churches are saying it's okay. And he was like, you know, I have no idea. And we collectively made a decision to um, stop eating pork, stop eating shellfish, and try and uh, be relatively observant. Not relatively, we were very observant and still are observant about not eating those things that were strictly forbidden. That kind of started everything off. And I felt very different uh, from my counterparts at our local non-denominational church, which was a, which is a mega church. If you're not familiar with a mega church, it is like the Joel Osteen churches or um, the, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of who else, um, Max Lucado churches, those churches, those, those are the big churches, the mega churches. And, um, so it was a lot of conflict internally for my husband and myself. We would go sit and listen to a, a sermon on 
um, you know, how the law has passed away. And we're like, but it says that it didn't. Even in the New Testament, it said not one jot or tittle would pass away from the law until all was fulfilled. And so we had a really hard time reconciling what they were teaching us versus what we were seeing on our own. So we made the the um, decision to observe more closely, but we were finding there was a great disconnect from where we were worshiping and what we were practicing, and that became an issue. Um, I happened across several different organizations during that period of time uh, that what they referred to, they observed Torah observant Christianity. Um, so they still believed Jesus was their savior, but they incorporated some of the laws from the Old Testament, uh, the first five books of which are called the Torah. Um, and so I found some Facebook groups where I was able to get some online fellowship and um, some organizations, some ministries that actually had studies related to these topics um, and kind of hashing them out. I we studied a lot of those. Um, I engaged in the online communities to discuss and have fellowship in that manner. And then ultimately, we were able to locate a local organization here uh, where we live that did observe these things locally. And they actually had a fellowship that got together in person, which was something that we were missing because we weren't going to that church anymore. Um, so we became involved with them and uh, stayed involved with them for probably about a year, maybe a little bit more. And um, there was a lot of infighting, and that probably should have been my first red flag. <laughs> um, I expected the infighting online just because people are keyboard warriors, but did not expect the um, in-person uh, infighting, the um, people leaving the group because they felt people are too judgmental and yada, yada, yada. So that was the, the first issue, uh, that things were not what they seemed. Um, and so over this period of time while we were in this organization, I actually had a friend that um, I had actually brought into this local fellowship and her and her husband and her two kids um, made the decision after um, a Passover Seder that we celebrated as Christians, which I won't get into, uh, but now find horrific. Um, after that Seder, I found out after sitting there and having a conversation and a meal with them, I found out that they were leaving the Torah observant Christianity uh, for Judaism, they were going to convert to Judaism, and I was taken aback. And the um, the leader of our local fellowship actually messaged me while we were at the coast one day on vacation and said, "Hey, just wanted to let you know this person uh, has decided to pass on Jesus and is joining the Jews." And I remember <clears throat> being shocked, first of all, but I also remember thinking back to the New Testament and one of the Pauline epistles, I can't remember which one, feel free to share if you know, I think it's, I feel like it was Colossians or Galatians, maybe, maybe Ephesians, um, that said, like, you shall not have, have no fellowship with somebody that, that basically denounces uh, Jesus as Savior. And so I did just that. I actually took it way too far and blocked her didn't accept her tech, like blocked her text messages, blocked her phone calls, blocked her on Facebook, blocked her on messenger, because, Hey, that's what every good Christian should do is completely disassociate from anyone that holds different beliefs. And I'm being sarcastic if you cannot tell. Um, but that's sadly what I did. Didn't talk to her. And, um, 
I think fate is funny sometimes. And let's just say that ends up coming full circle. We are friends to this day now. We've gotten back on track. I actually reached out to her at the end of my journey, or not the end of my journey, the beginning of my Jewish journey and said, hey, I'm really sorry for the way I treated you. I'm actually thinking the same thing that you are. And so that's where we started our relationship back up. And I'm thankful for her every day. Um, so during that time after she had left the group, um, there were there were a lot of people that were leaving this lifestyle, this Torah observant Christian lifestyle, and either uh, we call it we call it falling off the derech in uh, Judaism, falling off the path. Um, but they were leaving Jesus, and uh, they um, were converting to Judaism. Some of them were just getting away from religion entirely. It was kind of a scary time as a, as when I'm back when I was a Christian, it was a scary time for me. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, all these people are losing their salvation. You know, what in the world, what is, what's going to happen? And, um, so during this time I was the administrator of a Facebook group. It was called Torah girls and it was for women that observed Torah. And, uh, it was a place for fellowship for us women. And, uh, somebody posted in that group and said, Hey, I am studying out this, uh, this, this series that discusses how Jesus is not the Messiah and how we don't even need a Messiah. And nobody would touch that topic with a 10-foot pole, but this lady was reaching out. And she was like, I am really stressed out. I, um, I uh, need help. I can't debunk the, these things that they're saying in this, in this um, series, so I need help. And nobody would help her because I think, honestly, people were afraid that they would study what they were helping her out with and find some truth to it. And, um, I reluctantly, I didn't want to study this either reluctantly decided to help her out because I was like, you know what, nobody else is stepping up and I'm risking somebody's salvation if I don't help them. So I set out with the, um, intention to disprove everything I was reading and ultimately, uh, came to the conclusion that I could also not disprove anything. I couldn't disprove any of it, none of it. And, um, so I, that was over the course of probably hundreds of hours of study over two to three weeks. I mean, I was studying eight, nine, 10 hours solid each and every day. Um, trying to debunk this. I found myself saying I can't debunk it and I have doubts and how can I stay a Christian and doubt? So I made the decision to leave, um, Jesus. I, um, did not consider myself a Christian anymore. And this all happened around Sukkot 2017. So October, 2017, um, which if you are unfamiliar, um, Sukkot at the end of Sukkot is when we finish up the Torah cycle, the Torah portion cycle each year. And so this happened literally right around the end of Sukkot. And I just think it's interesting how timing works out. I, I feel like that was a little nod to me from God saying, look, you're starting fresh, start fresh, start a, a new a new path and that's exactly what I did. I did not jump immediately into Judaism. I um wanted to figure out what I was supposed to do because honestly I felt lost. I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing. Um I just know that I lost my community. I had nobody, nothing in common with anyone anymore. And a lot of that backlash that I was handing out to people, I started to receive. People were at first trying to convince me to stay in Christianity and trying to help me disprove what I'd already proven. Um, even though I didn't reach out and tell any of these people, I only told them that I was stepping back from the group, but they knew what was going on. Um, and so I think they tried by trying to 
tried to help me by trying to help me debunk what I had also found to be true. Um, but at that point, I was convinced that I was correct at leaving um, the idea of Jesus behind. And I really was tired. I was mentally and physically exhausted, emotionally exhausted, because I literally gave up three decades of beliefs over the course of about a month. And I was just done. I was completely exhausted and did not want to argue anymore. I didn't feel the need to argue. For some reason in Christianity, there's this this need to prove people wrong. And I was the worst offender of that, I have to admit. Um, I wanted people to know where they were wrong because in Christianity, if you're wrong, it could be your salvation. And so it's beaten into you, this fear and this doubt and this um, need to save people and evangelize people. Um, it's beaten into you so heavily. And I had th 30 years of indoctrination, indoctrination that was having me do this to other people. And so um, I was done with it. I was like, I don't need to prove this to anybody. This is my personal journey. Um, at the time when I was going through all this, I kept it silent from my husband. He didn't even know I was studying this stuff because I, first of all, I didn't want to bring it up if it was a thing that was not accurate. Um, and second of all, whenever I realized that Jesus was not the Messiah or a savior, and we actually didn't even need a Messiah or a savior in the Christian sense, um, which is another topic for another day. And I didn't bring it up to him immediately because I, so I didn't bring it up to my husband until I was obviously certain, but also it's a really scary time uh, for people that are leaving such a, such a mindset. And uh, honestly, I was scared to tell him because I was like, what if, what if this is the breaking point? And it's not like my husband was super religious. He grew up Catholic, but he never really even practiced. He went to a mass occasionally. Um, but I mean, even at the time that he, that I was about to tell him, I mean, he hadn't been Catholic forever because we were practicing um, the Torah observant Christianity, but it, it was just a thing. I was just, I had doubts because that's, I think what was embedded into me. I had doubts and I knew that I couldn't take back what I was about to say. And for it seemed almost final. And I think I was afraid to, to verbalize the fact that I didn't believe Jesus was the Messiah anymore. But ultimately what happened was I did tell my husband several days after I came to this conclusion and I said, Hey, you're going to think I'm insane. But I actually was, it was going to him to have him tell me that I was insane and that he could disprove it, even though I knew that was unlikely to happen. So what I did was I said, hey, I don't think Jesus is the Messiah. I don't think he's a savior. And I don't think we need a savior. And he was, of course, like, you're nuts, lady. What are you talking about? You're crazy. No, but what about this? And what about this? And what about this? Basically, all the same things I would have said in that situation. And um, ultimately, we studied it out together after I showed him some stuff that I was looking at. And he said, yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. Like, why have we thought this our entire lives? So um, basically, at that point, we had no community, no fellowship, none of that. And um, I wanted a community for my children. And the only religion that I knew that did not accept Jesus as a Messiah figure um, that felt close to where I was at, I mean, we were already observing the... Um, the commandments given in the uh, Old Testament or the Torah, 
Um, we were already observing those and we didn't no longer believed that Jesus was the Messiah. So I was like, well, I should look at, and this is me personally. My, my husband wasn't involved in this at all. I should probably look at Judaism. So the first thing I did was like in November of 2017, I uh, reached out to a local synagogue. It was actually a reform synagogue um, and said, Hey, I'd like to come to services. And they said, come on down. And I did that. And I did it over a couple of weeks and I, I finally invited my husband. We went to the Hanukkah service with the kids and um, we, I mean, I made the decision that I wanted to convert with the kids, the smaller kids um, to, to Judaism. And he was not on board with that. Uh, at first he did not understand why I felt the need to convert. Um, and I said, you know, I grew up with a, um, I grew up with a, group of people of kids my age that believed similarly of course everybody was a christian back in oklahoma but um i i I valued having the people around me that believed similarly and we'd already kind of been odd ducks for the last few years because we were not observing christmas or easter or any of those things um even though we did still believe in jesus um that's again another topic for another day but we were already odd ducks and our kids, I felt like we were taking them from the traditional church mindset. We put them into this tour observant Christianity where there were a few kids that believed similarly, but not a great community. And then now our beliefs have changed again and we had no one. And the only thing that I could think of was there are Jewish people here. They believe somewhat similarly to what we do. I don't know everything I need to know about Judaism to make a decision one way or the other. And so I think I want to go through a learning process about Judaism uh, to see if conversion is right for me. And so ultimately, he agreed that he wasn't opposed to me doing that. Not that I necessarily needed his permission, but I, as just as a, I wanted it to be okay with him because I didn't want any discord in our marriage. Um, and I wanted us to kind of be on the same page with the kids. So I started attending conversion courses, um, or they call them conversion courses, but really it's an introduction to Judaism over the course of a year. And you learn all about um, what it means, what Judaism is about, about God, the Jewish view on God, all those things. And then ultimately, if you decide that you want to convert towards the end of that year, you go through a process of a Beit Din, which is, it's basically, um, I had two rabbis and a cantor that sat down and basically made questioned me and made sure that I, w- I should be converting, that it was the right thing for me to do. Um, and then you do a mikvah, which is basically a dunk in a, um, a, a flowing water bath um, at a synagogue and you dunk three times. And when you come up, you're Jewish. Um, and then there's like a ceremony a little bit after that. And you're announced to the community as a, as a Jew. So, um, I decided that I wanted to go ahead and go through the conversion. And I was talking to my husband about all the things I was learning, you know, like I was learning the Talmud's not actually evil and it's not necessarily binding. And it's just an interpretation. It's a debate between rabbis and all the things that were contrary to what I had learned as a Christian about Judaism. I was finding that it was completely either misrepresented or, um, or just misunderstood, which I think is a, probably a lot of it. Some of it I'm sure is intentionally misrepresented, but some of it is just misunderstood. Um, made the decision to convert. Um, the kids and I converted. My husband was present with us. He did not convert, uh, but he was there for when we did the mikvah. He was there for the uh, the conversion ceremony and everything. And so, in December of 2018, um, I and my child, my youngest children, 
I apologize for the barking in the background. I and my youngest children became Jews. So uh, we were Jewish. And to be honest, I didn't feel any different. But um, I knew that I was now a part of a community where my kids were going to be able to be accepted for our current beliefs. And um, that I had people that I could be with. And that leads me to why I created this podcast. And it is because I thought my life was starting something new and it was, but I have had a really hard time reconciling and finding my own people within Judaism. And the ish podcast comes out of that. I am a Jew. I fe- I am Jewish, but I feel Jewish. I don't feel completely accepted within the Jewish community, and I know I'm not alone. I know there are other converts like me who also feel this way um, into Judaism, and I know there are probably people out there of other faiths that don't feel completely accepted, and I want to bring us all together. I want to talk to Jews. I want to talk to current uh, people that are in the process of converting to Judaism, let's say. I want to talk to Christians that feel like they're not fitting in. I want to talk to Muslims who feel like they don't fit in. I want to create a an environment where we can all come together and find the things that we have in common because our country is very divided right now and I feel like we need this. And also it allows me to, this will be my a little bit of therapy about talking about where I'm at and uh, bringing out the struggles that I've had and finding others that have had similar struggles so that we can learn how to help others avoid those struggles if possible. I want to be part of the solution. A big part of Judaism is tikkun olam, and that means repairing the world, making it a better place. We believe sin exists. We believe that um, there's um, there's a right and a wrong um, in the world. Uh, Christians would say it's, it's the good is God, the bad is Satan. Um, Jews believe that you have an evil inclination and a good inclination, and you're supposed every day you get to make a choice. You can choose the good inclination or you can choose the evil inclination. And ultimately, at the end of our lives, we should have more good inclination, choices towards the good inclination than towards the evil inclination. And that will grant us a place in Olam Haba, which is the world to come, what Christians would probably refer to as heaven. And so um, it's not about always being sinless because that's unattainable. It's about doing the best you can on a daily basis and making the world a better place. It's about being in the present. We don't so much worry about the future as we do about making sure that everything we're doing right here and now is for our good and for everybody else's good. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining me. I apologize for the audio disturbances and probably the poor video quality. I'm going to be trying to um, improve everything as we go along. My very first podcast, so I'm learning as I go. And um, I believe this next episode, I'm going to try and release an episode once a week. Uh, Okay, I'm going to let that go. Zoe, please stop. Zoe, stop. Zoe! Stop it. Um, I'm Oh my gosh, hold on. Go. Go. Go on. Okay, I'm back. Like I said, I apologize for the audio disturbances. I'm working on doing, I'm going to try and do an episode every week um, as much as I'm able to do so. 
Um, I currently have it streamed live video on YouTube, or not live video, but I have the video on YouTube, um, and I'll be releasing that every week. I'm also on TikTok at IshTheCast. Um, I'm on Twitter at IshTheCast, Instagram at IshTheCast, and um, you can find the actual audio of the podcast on Podbean, on Apple Podcasts, um, and I'm working on getting it on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and um, iHeartRadio Podcast. So I uh, will update as those things start to fall into place. So I will update as those things go along. Uh, next week, I'll probably be discussing um, a little bit more about uh, my Judaism and how it progressed after my conversion and kind of how I'm in this weird place with my Judaism right now. I'm happily a Jew, um, but I'm an adult who's struggling with finding my people in this community and in this uh, religion that I've been practicing for the last few years. So again, thank you for joining me and I hope you'll follow us on all the social media platforms and share with your friends and engage in this discussion as we all try to become better versions of ourselves together. Thank you. Have a great day.